It's Wednesday, the 19th of June, uh, 2019, and once again, this is Call of the Weird, broadcasting from the bunker at www.bighitsradio.uk. <coughs> In Scottish folklore, the Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie, is a creature said to inhabit Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands. It's often described as large in size, with a large, long neck and one or more humps protruding from the water. Popular interest and belief in the creature has varied since it was brought to worldwide attention in 1933. Evidence of its existence is anecdotal, with a few disputed photographs and sonar readings. The scientific community regards the Loch Ness Monster as a phenomenon without biological basis, explaining sightings as hoaxes, wishful thinking and the misidentification of mundane objects. The earliest report of a monster in the vicinity of Loch Ness appears in the life of St Columba, written in the 6th century AD. According to this story, um, written about a century after the events described, Irish monk St Columba was staying in the land of the Picts with his companions when he encountered local residents burying a man by the river Ness. They explained that the man was swimming in the river when he was attacked by a water beast, which mauled him and dragged him underwater. Although they tried to rescue him in a boat, he was dead. Columbus sent a follower um, to swim across the river, and the beast approached him, but Columbus made the sign of the cross and said, Go no further, do not touch the man, go back at once. The creature stopped as if it had been pulled back with ropes and fled, and Columbus' men and the pigs gave thanks for what they perceived as a miracle. Believers in the monster point to this story set in the River Ness rather than the lock itself as evidence for the creature's existence as early as the 6th century. Skeptics question the narrative's reliability, noting that water-based stories were extremely common <coughs> in medieval times, and uh, this tale probably recycles a common motif attached to a local landmark. According to skeptics, Adaman's story may be independent of the modern Loch Ness monster legend and became attracted to it by believers seeking to bolster their claims. Ronald Binns considers that this is the most serious of various alleged early sightings of the monster, but all claimed sightings before 1933 are dubious and do not prove a monster tradition before that. Christopher Kearney uses a specific historical and cultural analysis to separate the story about St. Columba from the modern myth of the Loch Ness Monster, but finds an earlier and culturally significant use of Celtic water-based folklore along the way. In doing so, he also describes any strong connection between Kelpies or water horses and the modern uh, creation of the Loch Ness Monster. In October 1871, D. Mackenzie of Balin reportedly saw an object resembling a log or an upturned boat wriggling and churning up the water. The object moved slowly at first, disappearing at a faster speed. Mackenzie sent a story in a letter to Robert Gold in 1934, shortly after popular interest in the monster increased. Modern interest in the monster was sparked by a sighting on the 22nd of July 1933, when George Spicer and his wife saw a most extraordinary form of animal cross the road in front of their car. They described the creature as having a large body, about 4 feet high and 25 feet long, and a long, wavy, narrow neck, slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk and as long as the 12 foot width of the road. They saw no limbs. It lurched across the road towards the log, 20 uh, yards away, leaving a trail of broken undergrowth in its wake. 
It has been claimed that sightings of the monster increased after a road was built along the lock in early 1933, bringing workers and tourists to the formerly isolated area. However, Bendis has described this as the myth of the Lonely Lock, as it was far from isolated before then due to the construction of the Caledonian Canal. In the 1930s, the existing road by the side of the lock was given a serious upgrade, just possibly this work could have contributed to the legend, since there could have been tar barrels floating in the lock. Key Gray's photograph taken near Foyer on 12th November 1933 was the first photograph alleged to depict the monster. It was slightly blurred and it has been noted that if one looks closely, the head of a dog can be seen. Gray had taken his Labrador for a walk that day and suspected that the photograph depicts his dog fetching a stick from the log. Others have suggested that the photograph depicts an otter or a swan. The original negative was lost, however, in 1963, Morris Burton came into possession of two lantern slides, contact positives from the original negative, and when projected on the screen it revealed an otter rolling at the surface in characteristic fashion. On 5th of January 1934, a motorcyclist, Arthur Grant, claimed to have nearly hit the creature while approaching Albertan near the northeastern end of the log at about 1am on a moonlit night. According to Grant, it had a small head attached to a long neck. The creature saw him across the road back to the log. Grant, a veterinary student, described it as a cross between a seal and a plesiosaur. He said he dismounted and followed the log, but only saw ripples. Grant produced a sketch of the creature, which was examined by zoologist Morris Burton. He stated that it was consistent with the appearance and behaviour of an otter. Recording the, the long size of the creature reported by Grant, it has been suggested that this was a faulty observation due to the poor light conditions. Paleontologist Darren Nash has suggested that Grant may have seen either an otter or a seal and exaggerated his sighting over time. And there's been some more more recent activities, some more recent sightings of Nessie. And I'll just see if I can get this here. Sorry, this is terribly unprofessional. Yes, um, on 19 April 2014, it was reported that a satellite image on Apple Maps showed what appeared to be a large creature thought by some to be the Loch Ness Monster just below the surface of Loch Ness. At the Loch's far north, the image appeared about 30 metres long. Possible explanations were the wake of a boat, with the boat itself lost in image stitching or low contrast, seal caused ripples or floating wood. Google commemorated the 81st anniversary of the surgeon's photograph with a Google Doodle and added a new feature to Google Street View which, which, with which users can explore the log above and below the water. Google reportedly spent a week at Loch Ness collecting imagery with a Street View tracker camera, attaching it to a boat to photograph above the surface and collaborating with members of the Caitlin Seaview survey to photograph underwater. Oh, that was a bit abrupt. That was a bit abrupt. Um, yeah, there's been a number of hoax attempts. As, uh, sorry, I can't even speak. There's been a number of hoax, uh, hoax attempts made. Um, a number of obvious ho hoax uh, attempts made to, to fake uh, sightings of the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, a number of hoax attempts have been made, some of which were successful. Other hoax were revealed rather quickly by the perpetrators or exposed after diligent uh, research. Uh, just like quickly at um, a couple of couple of examples here. Uh, 
Um, in August 1933, Italian journalist Francesco de Gasparri uh, submitted what he said was the first news article on the Loch Ness Monster. In 1959, he reported sighting a strange fish and fabricated eyewitness accounts. I had the inspiration to get hold of the item about the strange fish. The idea of the monster had never dawned on me. But then I noticed that the strange fish would not yield a long article. And I decided to promote the imaginary being to the rank of monster without further ado. In the 1930s, big game hunter Marmaduke Weverall went to Loch Ness to look for the monster. Weverall claimed to have found footprints, but when casts of the footprints were sent to scientists for analysis, they turned out to be from a hippopotamus. Uh, a prankster had used a hippopotamus foot umbrella stand. In 1972, a team of zoologists from Yorkshire's Flamingo Park Zoo, searching for the monster, discovered a large body floating in the water. The corpse, up to 18 feet long and weighing as much as 1.5 tonnes, was described by the Press Association as having a bear's head and a brown, scaly body with claw-like fins. The creature was placed in a van to be carried away for testing, but police seized the cadaver under an act of parliament prohibiting the removal of unidentified creatures from Loch Ness. It was later revealed that Flamingo Park Education Officer John Shields shaved the whiskers and otherwise disfigured a bull elephant seal which had died the week before and dumped it in Loch Ness to Jabez colleagues. On 2nd of July 2003, Gerald McSorley discovered a fossil supposedly from the creature when he tripped and fell into the loch. After examination, it was clear that the fossil had been planted. Uh, and it comes up, um, there's a number of theories as to why, you know, what, what it actually could be. Um, in 1980, the Swedish naturalist and author Bernd Sornian wrote that present beliefs in lake monsters such as the Loch Ness Monster are associated with Kelpie legends. According to Sornian, um, accounts of Loch Monsters have actually changed over time. Uh, originally describing horse-like creatures, they were intended to keep children away from the log. Sorgen wrote that Kelpie legends have developed into descriptions reflecting a mod modern awareness of plesiosaurs. The Kelpie as a water horse in Loch Ness was mentioned in an 1879 Scottish newspaper and inspired Tim Densdale's Project Water Horse, a study of pre-1933 Highland folklore references to Kelpies, water horses and water bills which indicated that Ness was the log most frequently sighted. Sorry about that noise in the background. It's, um, I think it's uh, the Battle of the Psalms, basically, basically being reenacted by a sound of it. Anyway, um, there's, it could be uh, misidentification of different uh, things as well. Um, bird wakes, for example. Um, wakes have been reported when the log is calm with no boats nearby. Bartender David Monroe reported a wake he believed it was a creature zigzagging, diving and reappearing. There were reportedly 26 other witnesses from a nearby car park. Although some sightings described a V-shaped wake similar to a boat, others report something not conforming to the shape of a boat. A large eel was an early suggestion. Eels are found in Loch Ness and an unusually large one would indeed uh, explain many sightings. Densdale dismissed the hypothesis because eels undulate side to side like snakes. Sightings in 1856 of a sea elephant or sea serpent or kelpie in a freshwater lake near Lurbost 
and the Outer Hebrides were explained as those of an oversized idol, also believed common in Highland lakes. Um, Ronald Benz, a former member of the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau, said there's probably no single explanation of the monster. Benz wrote two sceptical books, the 1983 Loch Ness Mystery Solved, and his 2017 The Loch Ness Mystery Reloaded. And these he contends is an aspect of human psychology as the ability of the eye to see what it wants and expects to see. They may be categorised as misidentifications of known animals, misidentifications of inanimate objects or facts, reinterpretations of Scottish folklore, hoaxes and exotic species of large animals. A reviewer wrote that Benz had evolved into the author of the definitive sceptical book on the subject. Benz does not call the sightings a hoax, but a myth in the true sense of the term, and states that the monster is a sociological phenomenon. After 1983, the search for the possibility that there might uh, just be continues to unfurl a small number for whom eyewitness evidence outweighs all other considerations. And that is a very brief look at um, the Loch Ness Monster. Hopefully that's loud enough. Um, and um, yeah, that's it. So keep it weird, etc.